Hello, and welcome back to Lovecraft Country Critical. Yay! Yay! Uh, we are back to talk about episode four today, A History of Violence. Uh, and I'm mm. joined by a very, very sleepy Len in Australia. Very sleepy, yes, very sleepy. Hello, hello, I'll wake up right now drinking my double espresso <laughs> iced coffee to get me through this podcast and the morning. And uh, possibly also an equally sleepy... Lucy. Yep, pretty sleepy over here, even though there's no iced coffee for me, no double espresso. Get it in ya, get it in ya. (laughs) Maybe that's the problem. Yeah, (laughs) that is the problem. Uh, And I'm Emma, in case you don't know this lovely voice. Uh, We are here today to talk about the uh, HBO series Lovecraft Country. Uh, Hopefully you've listened to our other episodes. If you haven't, go back and listen to them after this or before. Check them out. How many hours you got free. Um, but we are going to go through uh, the episode itself, talk about the plot, um, things that come up around the episode. Then we will take a trip to Cthulhu Corner, where we talk about differences between the book All and the show. Cthulhu. Indeed, uh, as well as some Lovecraftian hints and uh, references before we talk about some listener feedback. Uh, and then that's the end of the show. Um, but before we get into our thoughts on the episode, I want to address something uh, that's come up over Ooh, the last couple of weeks. This, this is Ooh. not regular scheduled programming. No, I, we're I am interrupting confused. your regular programming. Do not adjust your set. <laughs> I want to talk about set. feedback. So, listener feedback, we love it. Uh, we always take into consideration oh, what that. comes through to us um, so that we can make this podcast the best it can be for the people that listen um, and for us. Yay. That is why we do it for the listeners. That, so, yeah. that is it why is. we do it, to be fair. It is, and we it's, love you it's all. Definitely, it's definitely not for financial gain. <laughs> I'm just going to put that out right or now. Or for love <laughs> of the craft. We, we don't do no. it for financial gain. It's for the love of the craft, but not the love of Lovecraft, if you get what I mean. Yeah, okay. Yes, indeed. Um, but... Recently, we've had a couple of reviews that have um, raised some opinions about our approach to the racism and racial themes themes, themes throughout Lovecraft Country. So I wanted to bring this up um, before we talk about this episode. So most of the feedback that we've had for this series has been overwhelmingly positive, but there are a handful of people who've questioned, I think, our understanding and how much we discuss the events and racial tensions and references within the show. So I just wanted to say thank you for your feedback. We do really appreciate it and we always take it on board. And as a podcast, we always try to acknowledge and address every element of a show, um, especially those that are important and resonant, especially at the current time, but at all times, obviously. So um, I, I would like every listener, but especially those who have come to us with that feedback, to know that we're not intending to ignore any of those racial elements. Um, I do think actually that we do address them and we try to do that evenly alongside the Lovecraftian science fiction horror stuff. Um, but we also, I think it's it's pretty important to say, aren't here um, to put forward a history lesson. Um, and, you know, we are learning as we go along too. And I think that's probably quite evident from here. You know, we're not ignorant to, to things that have happened in history. Um, but I want to make clear that us learning about it or maybe not picking up on everything doesn't mean we're ignoring it. Um, and we support every single one of our audience, whoever you are. Um, so we appreciate not everyone's going to enjoy our coverage. You might have opinions, um, but I just wanted to bring that up. Well, yeah, very good, very good uh, opener. Very interesting discussion to open with. It is a tough show to cover because yeah. I've, I have found that online, uh, be it whether it's reviews of the actual episodes, whether it's 
different threads on subreddit mm. um the show is extremely divisive and it is causing uh people to have many many arguments with each other about whether or not certain things are being represented in the correct manner and whether or not people are noticing yeah. those mm. things uh being represented and it, it's tricky it's tricky like we we try our best you know we have very long episodes we we try and cram everything in whether that's um, the references to other pulp horror like from that time like John Carter of Mars or like we've mentioned before any Lovecraft novels Cthulhu Corner then we do book differences baseball players they, yeah. and we're trying to also uh, you know comment on the social commentary within the episodes and I think we've done a pretty good job of that look I, I, we are going to miss some things that is just the nature of of, of podcasting that is the nature of covering any show we apologize if we have missed anything as we said last week please if we have missed anything um obviously leave us a review that is that is great we love reviews and overwhelmingly they have been extremely positive so but email if us you do, let us know yeah yeah exactly if, if if there's something you feel that we really haven't uh sort of addressed or we've really missed the mark on i want to know personally mm. and i'm sure you guys want to know as well absolutely you can open a dialogue with us 100 percent we are not going to bite your heads off. We will happily talk about it. As I said, um, you can email us at fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com. That is fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com. But I think so far we've done a pretty good balancing act, in my opinion, um, yeah. of everything. And, you know, sometimes when you try and balance everything, yes, maybe some things will get missed. But uh, I think for the most part, it's been pretty good um but as i said if you if you really are offended by anything that we've said you can email us uh you know we're not gonna go crazy and shout at you we are just gonna talk to you like because we care about the listeners like we said there is no really no financial gain for this podcast <laughs> this podcast is purely because we love chatting to each other love chatting about the show and simply want to have a dialogue with you the listeners we love listener feedback we genuinely do whether it's positive or negative it's always interesting to hear people's takes on the show so please do email us good start em. interesting thanks lem um well look now that's that's said and addressed i think uh, we've got a lot to talk about in this episode um i've managed to watch it three times today oh which my is god great. uh so we've got lots lots of things to talk about oh, oh, um, also can i just say i'm just i don't want to ruin your structure or anything but the fact that hbo released this on hbo max early has thrown us mm. slightly um, yeah i was gonna have a go at that i'll be honest yeah because it's, we were it, all yeah. like how are we supposed to reschedule our entire lives for this? Um, it was very so. difficult. I know there are some people who were like, yeah, why haven't we released this early? Um, and I get that. But to be honest with you, not many people have access to HBO Max. And no, we definitely also, don't. We definitely don't. We actually can't access it being here in the UK. It's only a, a US service. So it's actually extremely difficult for us to cover the episode early. I'm hoping, uh, we've all discussed this, that it won't be a regular thing. Um, and they should go back to the the Sundays. So we'll stick to our release window. Um, I think that's that's what we have to do. And it's given me a little bit of extra time to do some additional preparation. Um, okay. Well, look, let's let's talk about this episode. So, a history of violence. Very interesting title. Um, I would like us to talk about, as always, our overall thoughts of the episode and our blueberry score. So, Lucy. I'm going to come to you first. What did you think of this episode? What is your blueberry score? And please explain the system for those who are eating solid foods and can count. <laughs> Shout Ooh, out yes. to my solid food eaters out there. Um, okay, blueberry rating scheme system, 
is what we use to rate what we're reviewing. So <laughs> scheme. It's a bit of scheme. Um, that makes it sound underhand. It like a loyalty it's scheme. not underhand. It's all above board. So the the blueberry system is zero to five, zero being the worst, five being the best, and you can't have any halves. So it makes it a harsh but fair scale. Um, now coming Very to fair. this episode, obviously I wasn't on the podcast last week. Um, and just quickly, I thought that mm. last week's episode was actually scary. And so it was an improvement of the the week before. Um, this week, I feel like mm-hmm. I'm finally getting a handle on what the show is about um, and where the story is going. I could be completely wrong and it could just blindside me again. But I feel like I've let go of my preconceptions and what I was expecting. And I'm just trying to embrace the show for what it actually is and the, the story it's trying to tell. Because I'm the only one here that hasn't read the book. Um, so I'm approaching it completely differently from what yes. you will. And I did get into the um, the story quite a bit more this week I found and I think there was quite a lot of interesting themes um, I think maybe the feedback that we've got has kind of opened me up a bit more to really trying to see what they're the story that they're trying to tell and like the um, the historical representation of certain aspects of the black experience in America and although I do still think the show is a bit silly and not scary really apart from a few moments last week I think what I've been expecting it to be scary, but it's, I don't think that's really the way it's going for me anyway. Um, But I thought this was quite a solid, a solid episode. And looking at it through the lens of the other episodes, I'm going to give it four blueberries because I do think it was, it's been an improvement on some of the episodes. Yummy. The other ones. Yeah. Four, four solid blueberries. That's that's very solid. Very solid score. I'm going to go next. Thanks, Luce. Um, I've, I've flip-flopped a bit on my scores since I first watched the episode. Um, I thought this episode was really varied. I thought it was a bit camp in places, but I enjoyed it. It was a bit sort of like Night at the Museum. Yeah, that's exactly romp. what I thought. <laughs> oh, um, God. You could do better than no, that. I thought that You could do well. better gum than gum. Night at the Museum. <laughs> Um, I thought, but I thought half of it was really exciting. Half of it was a bit confusing, but in a in a good mm. way. Not in a I didn't know what was going on, but uh, this is going to get revealed. What is it? I absolutely love the soundtrack and the styling in this episode. Like Ruby, especially, I thought she was amazing. She looked fantastic. Uh, the way she holds herself is just fantastic. Um, I'm going to say fantastic one more time, just so we've yeah. got three of them. Um, but I, I think she's brilliant. And I, I'm really, you know, part part of her scenes, and there weren't very many in this episode, made me really excited because I think I know what's coming, but I could be mm. totally wrong. So since my last watch, I've upped my blueberry score. Um, and I am also, yeah, which is unusual for me. Um, I'm going to give this episode four blueberries too. Interesting, interesting. What about this you, Lem? Ju- One blueberry. I tell you what, I am struggling. I'm str- no, I would never do that. I, <laughs> Ten I, blueberries. I, the show, the show is very good. I've given it like an average score of like four. I'd say, you know, I think every I've given a five, a four, and a four. And with this episode, I was struggling a little bit. And and I'll tell you what it is, and it, it's because I know the source material, right? And and so does Emma, yep. right? And for me, there's a couple of things that they've done. Uh, with the story that I think are actually detrimental to the story. Mm. And some things to me don't make Mm. any sense. Now, um, talking about things that they've missed out on, and and I'm pretty confident they've missed out on this, 
but you never know they might surprise me and this is not a massive spoiler for the book or anything so don't worry but in in the book and emma you'll agree with me here there is uh, a very important book that is for the um the freeman family right which is essentially yep. their family history through slavery um the end of slavery and then it's basically demanding... the slave debts it's their know. slave debt book and yep. then they sort of demand um within with interest how much they are owed throughout history um for all of the horrible things that their family has endured yep. and and the book is like this sacred book so it's an interesting parallel between the book of names and also yep this book of the of the of the, of the freeman family and the interesting thing about the book is it's you get little snippets of it throughout the novel and it sounds bits of history. fascinating bits of history and that's what we you know want to see a bit more of and it's even mentioned in the Tulsa race riots which was he- heavily featured in Watchmen yeah. and how George and Montrose have to save the book and stuff like that and and it's very interesting this sort of because obviously the book of names is becoming more prominent they're trying to get these pages of the book of names and in in the book that their book is stolen by you know christina essentially in Mm. little quote marks because it's caleb and they have this sort of trade-off to get the book of names and it gives them much more motivation to get the book of names and and for me it makes much more sense because this book for them is very personal and it's also it would have been a fascinating way to see more of the freeman history Mm. um now i have no idea why they cut it um, and it feel that for, for me, the motivation of getting the book of names isn't as strong as, as it is in the book. And I feel like we've missed out on a piece of history. Um, but the episode was very fun in a way. Like, you know, it's gone from horror last week. And I say horror because Lucy, you're right. It's not really that no, scary. It was like, last week. Sort of but yeah, generally it hasn't been. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, there's moments, there's moments, but it has been a bit camp, like we've said, and, and they've gone down this fantasy horror route, I which quite is like absolutely, it. absolutely, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it as well, 100%, but it's not the horror that we were necessarily expecting. And then um, this week, they've gone full Indiana Jones, you know, this is, this is, you All know, right, you better reference, not, I'll give you yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant, when you said Night <laughs> of the Museum. <laughs> I mean, it was, I was it like, was that as well. Do you mean, you mean like Indiana Jones? Yeah. Um, so they've gone full adventure. I quite enjoy it. Um, like just the, the change of pace. I think that's interesting. Covering another sort of form of like science fiction fantasy that Atticus and George and Montrose like to read. That's very interesting and very important to keep reflecting back on their experiences with the stories they've read. And now they find themselves in these stories. I find that fascinating as like a as a device mm. and, a, and a theme that's running throughout the season. Um, so I had a really good time with the episode, but the decision-making at the end of the episode has brought it down to a three blueberry <sighs> for me. Um, and, and we'll talk about that more as we get on, but it felt bizarre to me to invent this indigenous tribe uh, at the end of the episode, which doesn't happen in the book at all. Mm. And, and, and it isn't necessary. But the interesting thing is that they brought in this fascinating character that has had, as far as I understand, as a type of character, zero representation in television, like this two-spirited, very interesting character, mm. and then completely sidelined mm. at the end of the episode. Yeah. That is a mis- that is a misstep for the show, um, in my opinion. And yeah. um, I've, I've heard other opinions out there yeah. that say the same thing. Like, if you're going to rescue them from this situation and then you're going to brutally take that character away, for me, that feels 
that feels like a bit of sidelining, to be honest with you. It feels like a misstep. Um, mm. Well, I think we can have an opportunity to talk about that. Yeah, quite 100%. A bit depth, and there's a 100%. lot of elements of this episode that have question marks. I mean, originally for me, it was a three blueberry, but when I rewatched mm. it, there was a lot more stuff I picked up on that actually really improved it for me in certain yeah. ways. Look, um, I really enjoyed the episode. I, I want to say, I think the, the sort of, you know, Indiana Jones stuff was really fun and uh, the, the character relationship between Montrose and Atticus is very interesting and all three of them is very interesting as well in this episode. Um, there's loads we can talk about with that. Just the ending for me and that that whole situation really confused me. Confused me with why yeah. is the question that I, I le- got but left. We, I'm sure we'll when find out. When you've read out. the book, when you've read the book, you go why. That's, that's for, for sure. But a good episode. Look, it's another good episode. Uh, three is not a bad score, people. Not at all. It's not a grad score at all. Um, Well, look, there's loads of stuff in the plot to dive into, and I've already prepared some perplexing questions for you all uh, about certain elements of it. Um, But before we do that deep dive, I'm just going to hand back to Len for a very quick advert break. Hello, yes, advert time. And here at Lovecraft Country Critical, uh, we have loved the support of the listeners. It's been fantastic. Thank you very much. If you uh, are enjoying this podcast, please do subscribe, share it with your friends, um, post it to any fan groups that you're a member of, uh, and leave us a review. We do love the reviews. I know we talked about it earlier in the episode, but uh, any sort of review is is is. is badly wanted by us because we love getting feedback uh, and so far it's been overwhelmingly positive so if you want to leave us those five blueberry reviews go ahead and do it just just click it now apple itunes spotify whatever um also to say if you are enjoying uh, the dynamic between us podcasters and you want to hear us talk about something else um you know maybe an avengers movie maybe you know you want to talk about us you want to hear about us talking about films that we've never seen before that are mental, like Lucy's not seen Pulp Fiction, and then we discuss that. How the fuck that. have you not well, seen that? Yeah, yes. find out and soon. That is the series. How the fuck have you not seen that? Find out soon. Uh, if you want to hear us talk about stuff like that, then you go to Fan Critical. Just search Fan Critical on any podcast app. The link will also be in the show notes. Just click that and click subscribe. We have covered so so many things we've got over 220 episodes on there from things like game of thrones to westworld to walking dead uh you know to the castle rock um the, the list goes on stranger things everything's on there so if you if you fancy hearing the gang talk about stuff like that just subscribe to fan critical uh and finally if you would like to support us financially as i said there is pretty much zero financial gain for this podcast That's but if you would like to help that. people, not people support true, us if yeah. you would <laughs> they do they do and we massively appreciate it um and that helps us with things like operating costs um equipment uh time to cover other shows that we otherwise wouldn't have uh, so if you would like to support us further, you can go to patreon.com forward slash fan critical. And on there, you'll see different tiers to get access to bonus content, our discord server, and even commission podcasts. You get, <sighs> that's right. You can tell us to commission podcasts. Um, and we do it. No Country for Old Men did that one. Hereditary did that one. Midsummer did that one. World War Z, Inception, Her, all commission podcasts. And if you want us to talk about a film, just go to patreon.com forward slash fan critical and uh, on there, you can um, subscribe and give us some precious dollary dues to, Good old to cover dollary things that we love to cover. And that's it. 
Thanks very much. Back to Emma in the studio. Okay, uh, it's time to talk about the episode in depth. Everybody get ready. Hold on to your hats. Here we go. Uh, so this episode opens up with Montrose. He's listening to a radio broadcast about the Soviet Union whilst he's simultaneously remembering George, drinking and reading the bylaws of the Order of the Ancient Dawn, hmm. i.e. Sons of Adam. So this is basically their handbook. <laughs> After it's reading, tiny. It's uh, yeah, tiny. It's a pamphlet, isn't it? Um, it cracks me up because it, when I read the book, I imagine this massive... Like tome, like, right? Tome, yeah. And then they show it here and it's like, it is like four pages. First it rule of Son of Adam, don't talk about Son of Adam. <laughs> That's it. That's pretty much it. That's all it is. <laughs> One of those pages includes what, I like, what I've called a poem of sorts. And I'm going to read it to you. Yeah. Um, Lovely. Adam named... Eve fucked. God yeah. brought forth monsters. Monsters devoured. God smites Eve. Just Eve. Um, yeah. What Te- do we? What do poem. we think about this? Not very poetic. Mm. Bit of Misogynistic from the, uh, from the Order of the Ancient Dawn. Misogynistic, rude, if anything. So she yeah, Eve is rude. fucked and then smote yeah, it is him. Misogynistic. It- Where's Adam in all this? says all about that lot though yeah well this is it isn't it this is their thing they want to return to the primordial ooze as it were (laughs) and the time when things were being created um and they obviously as christina has said in previous episodes don't take the bible literally but they um, yeah i don't think this is from the good book no but this is their interpretation of it um in a way of saying that eve essentially ruined everything everyone uh, <laughs> and actually what's and, interesting is that yeah. adam in this has no ownership of that fucking eve does no no yeah it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's just hammering home there's two reasons for this it's hammering home an earlier discussion between samuel braithwaite and atticus uh, mm-hmm. and it's also uh to help with a puzzle later on um yeah so yeah Yes, we'll, um, we'll talk about that. Well, Montrose is having none of this, uh, so he burns the book. And after he's done that, he remarks that it smells like Tulsa, which is obviously yeah. a very clear reference to the Tulsa race riot. Um, yeah, I hope we see that uh, later in the season. Because... I mean, not because it's, you know, but because it's an important part of their history, not for any other reason. Um, but it is his and George's childhood memories and experience. Um, yeah, we talked we talked about this in the Watchmen podcast. Yeah, um, a lot. Because Watchmen podcast shed light on the Tulsa Rates riots. And it was evident to us when we were covering that show that... In fact, not a lot of Americans actually knew about the Tulsa mm. race riots and that show shed yeah. a light on it and opened up a very good discussion about why people didn't know about that event. And we certainly didn't know about that event and we went out of our way, obviously did some research, yep. we had to podcast on a show. Uh, and I think the show is doing something similar with certain events. We've already discussed it. Like it is educating us and educating the listeners at times about things that, that they didn't know about. Like we didn't know about sundown towns. Mm. We went away no. and researched it. We discussed it. Um, and I think the show should be applauded for um, educating people at the same time as entertaining them. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, I, I mean, you know, this is an interesting scene in a lot of ways because there's a lot of stuff here. Um, Lucy, do you think that Montrose is destroying 
the handbook to protect Tick like George wanted? Or do you think there's another reason for this? I think he's protecting him and he also knows a lot more than we know, which will lead to his actions at the end of the episode. So there's a lot more to Montrose than than I know about. Um, and yeah, I think he definitely knows. Because how long was he there for? Like, I'm sure he discovered a lot when he was in that couple of weeks yeah so i think there's he knows a lot more than he's letting on he won't tell tick he wants to protect tick but there is more to it because he's very adamant in his actions and to go from being a bit of a deadbeat dad maybe an alcoholic to cold-blooded murder there's got to be some motivation behind that it's a big shift yeah it's a pretty big shift big um, shift he's an extremely complicated character in the show um you know i think we obviously you got a fantastic actor in Michael K. Williams. He's amazing in this him. episode. Intense, yeah. Genuinely so you, like, yeah. So you've given they've given the character of Montrose a bit more interesting range. I feel like obviously the relationship with Tick is integral to the story. It's integral to the narrative, and he is he wants the best for Tick, but he's he's loving him in an abusive yeah. manner. If you get what yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, very much, uh, and, and I think that that's clear. Isn't it? In, yeah, there's interesting discussions to be had around that about how he's preparing. He's always been like preparing him for a harsh world. If you mm. get what I mean, like at that time, um, but you know, it, to do that is tough love, essentially. And 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 we know that he loves Tick. I, I think that's evident anyway, personally. Um, but the I way think also- he's him yeah, and George clearly sure, had yeah. a very difficult childhood and I yeah. think that mm. he he in a way is trying to protect him with that tough love but it is mm. backfiring badly um, but there's some interesting moments between the two of them later on which I will, will definitely come back to because I think their relationship mm. and the development of it for us is really interesting um, so after we've seen Montrose we uh, flash to a title screen scene um, and then we move to Christina Braithwaite, who is driving quite nuttily along the streets uh, in the background to Rihanna's Bitch Better Have My Money, mm. uh, yeah. which yeah. I kind of enjoyed. Um, but she arrives at Letty's door. Um, she stops very momentarily to look at this huge white painted word black on the sidewalk outside the house and uh-huh. then steps over it. I, I feel quite sort of purposefully and dismissive in a way of going, well, I don't care. I'm, you know, like it isn't an issue for her. Um, she confronts Letty at the door. She's looking for um, Hiram's orrery. Uh, now, it sounds like I'm Hir- not announcing a can word. You, can correctly. we just sort of... Hiram. 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 They call him Hiram. 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 You can fucking Hiram. talk, Glenn. Hiram's yeah. orrery. <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, which is the uh, very fascinating um, planetary thing that Hippolyta has got. Uh, but she is blocked from the house by the protections that are on the door left over from the uh, exorcism of Hiram's ghost. Um, mm. Len, what did you think of Christina trying to get in with Letty by throwing out that Tick had tried to shoot Christina? Yeah, okay, right, right. They, they're just spilling their beans a bit here, aren't they? Um, because a there's bit. a bit more there's a bit more mystery in the novel than more this. More nuance. A bit, yeah. I don't, and, and I've said this before, and people can say that I'm 
wrong or whatever, but I don't like this change from Caleb to Christina Braithwaite. I feel I feel like the character of Christina is very cartoonish at this point, very cartoonish. Um, and the fact that she just goes up to Letty, essentially Letty now knows that she bought the house for her, essentially. That's sort of a bit more nuanced in the book. It's a bit more revealed piece by piece. Um, and they've just gone for it all out here. Um, I hope Christina gets better. I hope the character of Christina gets better throughout the season. Um, I, think I think Williams. Acting, I think Williams a more interesting character than her. Like yeah. to be completely honest with you, um, and I just don't like the scenes with Christina in it. And it's, it's, it's. it's I don't know what it is. It's just it feel, me. No, it I'm feels like she's like a cipher for misogyny. And that it almost feels like they're trying to juxtapose her experience yeah. as a white woman with the black experience. Yeah. And for me, I find that yeah. borderline offensive because the only people that are more privileged than white men in this world then and now are white women. So the way she tries to be like, mm. well, you know, as a, as a woman, I'm also, you know, yeah. have prejudice she against She says that me. a lot. And I she think, no, I don't feel sorry for you or a white wealthy woman like your woes mean nothing. Who is immune? Who is like magical? Exactly. Just because you <laughs> weren't allowed in a sect. I think it's too in your face. Isn't yeah, it? it's it's too blunt and heavy. Yeah, I think I think that's the thing. It was interesting because I was going to ask if you had a different opinion, Lucy, because you haven't read the book. And I think you know, for Len and I, it's definitely that Caleb, the character, is so much better. But you mentioned William Len, and actually, for me, he's sort of replacing Caleb in that. Yeah, he's he is much Caleb. More he's quite mysterious, basically. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah, exactly. He's got creepy. that air of mystery about him and creepiness. Yeah. Also, Christina is like not fucking cool enough to be having Rihanna as her soundtrack. I'm sorry. If that was Letty, fine, but it don't work <laughs> with her. I don't think she's cool. Yeah, she's Good not point. a bad bitch, so she shouldn't have Rihanna. I tell you, what, the the car is cool though, isn't it? The yeah, car that is, is a cool bloody car. Cool. That's a Rihanna oh, car. Yeah. I do love that silver Buick car. Definitely. Well, look, we then move on from this. Um, you know, still on the subject of the orrery, which Horrible is really word. hard to say. Um, uh, so Hippolyta has the the orrery and she's trying to work out how to get it to work while she's on the telephone with her father um, yeah. and I think it's interesting and obviously and <clears throat> this is not as overt in the show as it is in the book but Hippolyta um, loves astronomy and she has loves done it. since she Bloody was a child and so this is this is fascinating something else really interesting happens in this scene as well so Diana's there and she shouts out to Hippolyta, I'm going to Bobo's to read comics. Mm. Now, bear with me, because I think there's a link here. So a couple of episodes ago at the housewarming party, the kids had the Ouija board out, right? Yes. And yeah. one of the kids asked, would my trip go well? And the answer was no. Um, I think that this links to Emmett Till, um, whose nickname one of his nicknames was Bobo oh, no. um, so if you don't know who Emmett Till is um, Emmett Till was a 14 year old young man who was hideously lynched in Mississippi for supposedly offending a white woman in a convenience store I believe he came from Chicago do you think that's going to be him? yeah um, well I think it might be and I've read a few things that have pushed me in this direction as well um, but I think now that we've actually had that name come out and that I've read I've definitely read places that he was called Bobo I think that this might be a very very subtle reference to a I mean I, I've known about Emmett Till for a long yeah. time it's a hideous story and it, it really kind of shows the the kind of time they're in um, I mean what do you think is that far-fetched am I am I reaching no, no, I, love it. Far, I love it in terms of uh, if that is what they're doing that is subtlety and this is the thing that we're just talking about like the show is very capable of subtlety 
Um, but that's the thing. Like, <laughs> in some respects, with the, you've you know, read about that Emma, and I'm sure people that are like super familiar with the Emmett Till case would know about his um, nickname. But that is subtlety, and a lot of the times they'll be like, "Oh, have you heard of that new preacher called Mark?" Or, "Oh no, it's Martin." And it's like you're obviously talking about Martin Luther King, and it's quite like heavy-handed. Whereas this, if if that's yeah. the case, I think is that's done really well. Um, I would not really want to see the case of Emmett Till in this show because I think it would be absolutely heartbreaking mm. but you, you don't know what's yeah. coming do you well i don't but that's a really good shout that'd be very interesting yeah it'd be interesting to see where that pans out um um the hippolyta storyline um oh sorry Hippolyta. No, please call her hippolyta. Because, i have to go you know, with the show I, pronunciation yeah i yeah, prefer hippolyta um, but i prefer i prefer hippolyta but you know it is what it is but um, I, I, I love the fact that she's fascinated with astronomy. I love that in the book. I am very excited. I really hope they keep one of the storylines from the book because yeah. it was my favourite part of the book because um, it was so it was so Lovecraftian, but it was also horrific and it was also crazy. And I really want them to keep that. And, and I'm fingers crossed that everyone gets to see that amazing sequence and they realize it in a good way yeah no i agree without any other spoilers um we need yeah, more exactly hippolyta mm. um yes pace changes massively here so letty is stomping up the sidewalk into the library to confront tick which is brilliant so he's there researching um sons of adam titus all of that jazz um and they've eventually come to the conclusion that the orrery is the key to finding hiram's hiram it's hiram hiram Hiram. hiram's uh translate i know but once i get it wrong i get confused um finding that his translated pages of the book of names or, or the book of adam um so there's a couple of things i want to bring up here Firstly, how fucking cool is that kid who's reading Journey to the Centre of the Earth? Very cool. Uh, That kid needs a spin-off show. He was awesome, man. So good. He reminded me of Stranger Things. Yeah, he had a good vibe. I I was really hoping that they were going to add him as a character. Like they were gonna, they were gonna add him to yeah, the crew. Yeah, because he'd have some that's knowledge. Because like, he'd overheard need. the story, and he, yeah, exactly. He was he brilliant. Could have been the new Love George. Oh, <laughs> baby George. Mini George, so cute. Um, one of the things that comes up here is that Tick just won't let Letty get involved in this. He's like he's trying to protect her, but I think he he seems to be forgetting that she's already died yeah. once. Um, mm-hmm. Lucy, what what's your opinion on that kind of? I suppose friction between them you know it comes to a head later yeah. on I think it's quite well realised because he I suppose maybe it's his military training maybe it's his relationship with his dad and his upbringing but he definitely and she does say it later on in the, the episode it's like you're not the centre of the universe like this doesn't just involve you this involves me I literally died so I'm trying to get to the bottom of this as much as you so you have to let me help and you have to you know bring me in on this you can't just do it all on your own like you didn't tell me that the house was fucking bought by Braithwaite you know you're not keeping me in the loop when yes I was visited by these horrific ghosts that I had to exercise and I died previously also so she needs to be he needs to keep her in the loop and I guess he's kind of reflecting Montrose in that way of no I'm going to protect you it's like well you're not protecting me are you because I'm not being kept safe by you not including me so you need to give me more information so it's, there's a duality between him and Montrose in that respect I think in how they're approaching yeah definitely this. I mean Lem what do you think about the chemistry between Tig and Letty 
like not just in this scene but in general it's very good it's it's clear they're doubling down on, on Tick and Letty and that's good because uh, we talked about Journey Smollett last week and how fantastic she is uh, and she just is probably the best character in the show yes, she is. I yeah. think um, so to have more of her which uh, we're definitely getting more of her than we do in the book I, I think by this point um, because of the book's serialised nature she gets she gets sort of forgotten about quite a lot and sort of mentioned a bit more in sort of by other characters um, but it's it's nice to have her along for the for the journey like she doesn't go on this sort of expedition in the book and um, she's much got her own self-contained thing going on so to have more of her uh, and Tick is good and it's only going to enhance the sort of burgeoning relationship that they, they are creating together you know yeah I agree. I think their relationship, their chemistry is is great, actually. And I'm, you know, I think there are times when I'm not sure what's going on with Tick, but actually the two of them together, they blow up the screen. I think they're really good. Um, you know, and, and Letty brings up in, in this episode, or in this particular scene of the episode, that, um, you know, Montrose has probably done all this research. You should be speaking to him. Um, so Tick gets, decides to go and find him at the bar. Um, Letty's already there, of course she is. And um, while Montrose tries to convince him to leave it alone again, he eventually gives up where he thinks the vault is, which will lead us eventually on our main adventure of the episode, all the way to Boston. Boston. Um, yeah. But before that, Boston. Um, before that, we move back to Christina, who very weirdly is playing hide yeah. and seek with a bunch of kids weird. in Why the street. I don't even know where to go with that. I don't know. It's weird, isn't it? I thought it would come but back never mind, in the because she's very the quickly episode, episode episode. Yeah, but it does not. Um, no, it doesn't. She's arrested by a couple of surly-looking cops and taken to uh, the police captain's office, but they have a pretty interesting conversation. So. Christina says the orrery wasn't at the house. It's the key to unlocking the time machine. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. That's she also brings good. up, you know, how has he managed to let a black family move in? Um, and keys us into the fact that he is um he's in the uh Sons of Adam, he's order in the order. Sons of Adam, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he's head of the local lodge. Um Len, time machine. Uh yeah, I'm confused by this. Don't know what that's been a reference to. No. Very interested to see um, I guess Time Machine, look, what I thought is we know that they were trying to go back to creation, as it were. or That's a serious jump of, in time. Yeah, well, a plane of creation where everything was getting named. That is what the that is what they want to do. They want to go back and they believe that they believe that everything's out of whack. Like nature has lost its course because of man and um, they want to go back in time. This is me you know, trying to fumble around this. Um, they want to go back in time to that point to basically be in control and have a say in the order of things, which they believe to be, you know, <laughs> well, well, you know, who knows what order they want things to go in. Probably not a very good one <laughs> for a lot of people. I'm going to um, say now, time machine should never be allowed. It's never a good idea. It always goes wrong and you always fuck up stuff. So leave it alone. Leave the time yeah. machine alone. I, I did feel like once again, like, Captain Lancaster is actually, you know, he's an important character. Yeah. Uh, this scene felt very soap opera to me. I don't know if it felt very soap opera to anyone else. They even like finished the scene by like manually moving into Christina's <laughs> smirk on her face. And I was just like, this yeah. is like days of our lives or something. That's a great show, like, leave it. What? <laughs> I was like, what's going on? <laughs> 
Um, I mean, Lucy, if we end up with a time machine to go back to the, you know, the time of Adam doing his names, how are you going to feel about that? As soon as the the word time machine left her lips, I was like, oh, don't know about that one. Because I feel like I'm trying to get on board, like, yeah, okay, you know, there's wizards, fine, fine, whatever, magic, all right. It's like, oh, yeah, that's the only thing to get the (laughs) time machine. You bloody love Harry Potter. Yeah, I mean... This is quite like Harry Potter Harry in many Potter. ways. You love Harry Potter. Yeah, but I'm not expecting Harry Potter in it Lovecraft just... town. Um, yeah, <laughs> no. time machine. If the words came out of her mouth and I was like, no. It's like ghosts, goblins, time machines. <laughs> Come on, pick a lane. Um, goblins. Uh, <laughs> goblins. Is that Gaz? We're talking about Gaz again. He's no, not John's, here this week. John's the seven second goblin. He's left. He's quit. Oh, oh, He's yeah, gone. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, time machine. I just... It's just a no for me. I think you're right, Lynn. They want to go back to creation. Um, but good good luck with that. Yeah. I think it's a figure of speech. I think it's a figure of speech. That's what I think, personally. But uh, Maybe. It'd be interesting. Well, time time will tell. Um, oh. Yeah, that's terrible, isn't it? Not quite as good as some of my, work, my lines. Not your best week. work. Um, so after this, and I had to pause it after this because I was a bit upset about the time. <laughs> um, we move on to the start of their trip to Boston. Uh, where it seems that our gang have picked up some extra passengers. Uh, so you've got yeah. Hippolyta and Diana who are coming along to see the observatory and the stars and the constellations at the museum. Good. And then somehow Tree Why is Tree always there? Ride, right? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. So I thought it was a bit corny, but quite amusing. Did either of you like this bit or did it make you laugh? I thought they were going to bring him along as cannon fodder. Now this sounds terrible, but I was oh, like... Oh, I, I wish they did. Gonna, people are going to have to die, like... At some point, people actually have to yeah, die. The body like, count's quite you know, you're low, isn't start it? Start actually physically killing off some characters. Yeah, exactly. So body I was like, one. okay, they're gonna they're gonna take him on this little expedition, and he's gonna die. That was what I was gonna do. Or he's gonna be some sort of comic relief. Yeah. Uh, for them, like you know, what the hell are you even doing here? Kind of character. What are you um, doing here? Turns out he just went to the museum, and that's it. We just <laughs> he just wanted a little trip. Have you got any dinosaurs? <laughs> He's there, oh, kind of like it was so weird. He's there, sort of like as an antagonist to Tick, though, isn't he? A bit. It seems to just try and wind him up a bit. Like he did, he yeah. imply that Montrose yeah. and Sammy, the bar owner, might be gay. Yeah, and I think that's been. Uh, I, I think that's a con- confirmation, isn't well, it? Well, yeah. Um, you... Well, but let's talk about this now, actually, because I haven't included it later. I was really, I was slightly perturbed by this, not because you know i have anything to do with it but just that it it all of a sudden was like what so basically tree says are you annoyed because of what i did at the bar when you were looking for your dad i sent you out to see sammy outside and he was with that guy um yeah and you know your dad spends a lot of time at the bar and this that and the other basically just implying that he's gay which is you know okay fine i mean not a problem um but it just felt really incongruous not a problem to us now but in those days i'm sure quite a lot quite a large problem but i also felt like it was it was just a bit of a kind of curveball throwaway comment to make sense to me i i think i think it was in relation as well to how he knows the security guard here and how he was able to get access Mm. to the to the museum um, yeah, it's it's out of nowhere, um, but I thought it was an interesting development. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, it was different, and, wasn't it? And like I said, I'm not sure if this is the case in the book. I, I mean, we don't get enough information like that, I'm, I'm pretty sure. But no. what, what I do know is Montrose is a very complicated character and this would be a further 
complication that tries to help you uh, understand how um, oppressed he feels he's been mm. during his life and then why he then enacts that on his son yeah, maybe. Um, in a way that is is something that you know he I, we we get alluded to the fact that Montrose was beaten by yeah. his father he even well, he says has a so flashback, to George he, um, in, this in episode. a previous episode and if this is true about Montrose, then we know that he, he must feel very insecure within himself because he's fighting several different demons, whether it's his alcohol, whether it's his, his the fact that he doesn't feel comfortable within himself, if you get what I mean. And, or real um, demons. And then he takes that anger out on Atticus and others. Um, and it's, it's, it's a very interesting conversation. It makes Montrose extremely fascinating. Um and like you said, Luce, at the time, this would have been a massive issue. This this obviously now is f- f- absolutely fine and celebrated, but at the time would have been a terrible, mm. terrible issue for him. I hadn't um, thought of it in that relevance. Like, obviously, I realised that it would have been an issue, um, but it, that didn't occur to me that that was why they were mm. doing it. It just felt a bit odd. But actually, yeah, you guys are right. That makes a yeah, lot of sense. It's probably just another layer of complexity um, for him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Montrose is fast becoming, I think, one of the most fascinating characters in this show, which is interesting because yeah. he wasn't in the book. Very interesting. Yeah, villain or hero that we mm. left to be seen. I mean, he's quite villainous at times towards the end of this episode. So yeah. Well, let's let's make our way towards that, shall we? But before we do, we'll take a little stop off with Ruby, um, which I really enjoy her just on screen. I think she's brilliant. So in this scene, she's heading into the department store to apply for jobs. So she's talked about this, like lots of chances. She's been doing a CV for it. What she finds is that, as she said, you know, I didn't know they were hiring coloured. You know, there's a coloured sales assistant. She seems pretty peeved and kind of assumes that she's not going to get to, not going to get the job. Um, I thought this was beautiful. Um, And also really sad because that's the thing that she really wants is to work there and now someone has kind of beat her to it and they're not going to hire another black woman um lucy what did you think of of this this scene with i thought it was amazingly shot um i loved the use of the music as well she just looked fantastic because i think ruby obviously i don't know her relevance in the book but it seems to me like there is she has a relevance in the show, but I'm just not quite sure what it is yet. Like she's being used quite sparingly. Um, but she looked fantastic and you could see the excitement in the, the um the shop assistant's face when she saw her and she's sort of like, Oh, can I help you? It was a nice moment and I think it's just another side of like the black experience in the US at that time of the very limited opportunities. And we we spoke, well, we I didn't, but the show and, and you guys spoke last week about pioneering. And it's not just in housing, it's the, the black people that have pioneered their way through all walks of life. And this is just another example of that. So this woman has mm. done it, but in doing so, she's closed the door for any other woman to do it for the time being. So it's quite bittersweet, like you said, Emma. Um, but it was a nice, it was a really nice... Um, show because it show nice moment because it it gives you the hope that okay progression can be made but yeah it's going to take a while for it to be available for everyone yeah no I I think that's a really good way to describe it actually and you know to explain the feelings behind her because she's not you know she's not pissed off that that woman got the job it's just that what that means is you know fantastic for her but it kind of puts a stop like you say yeah i mean she says it to william Um, doesn't she later she says there's there's something like 103 employees there they're not going to have two black women so that's that for me and when she says oh i I just applied on a whim and ruby's like "Ah, i've been planning this for so long and you just applied on a whim and you got it like it's quite quite sad i felt frustrated for her 
I really did. And I, I really like her as a character um, because I like the character of her in the book, I think. For, weirdly, because I don't think you're meant to like her that much. Um, so that was definitely interesting. Um, well, look, let, let's let's take a trip to the museum in Boston, shall yes, we? Yes, please. Uh, so Night at the Bas- museum. We arrive for a day at the museum, actually. Uh, Hippolyta oh, and Diana head off to see the stars and our gang start looking for where the potential vault is. Uh, so we've mentioned this. Montrose has a friend who's a security guard. He's going to let them in after dark so they can get in once they work out where, where it is. So a few things here. Um, the scene with Hippolyta and Diana when they're looking at the constellations and she talks about um, how she named that comment but the credit was given to the daughter of a white astronomer was brilliant I mean you know Len you'll remember this story from the book right and and seeing it come up in almost a kind of offhand way but it had so much weight yeah it's nice it's it's a nice story uh, from Hippolyta's um, perspective in the book and, and I was like oh then you know they won't include that and then they did include it and I was like oh that's very interesting so they are doubling down on her astronomy um, and the fact that she loves it so much yeah. so I'm fingers glad. crossed for that sequence yes very much so I'm keeping everything crossed for that and um, one of the other things that happens here apart from Tree talking about his massive wang oh, Tree um, and why uh, are you here why are you here <laughs> why are you here um we also get introduced to the Titus Braithwaite wing of the museum. Um, and yeah. there's, a, there's a tour guide who's talking about him being a famed explorer and how he was taming the savage tribes, uh, which kind of alongside the artefacts in that wing really show um, the attitude and the actions of both Braithwaite and other people and uh, towards other cultures. Um, or anything of difference in the 18th century and the time of the show. And, and I thought it's very difficult to watch because you just you see people walking past, um, you know, display cases with African headdresses and things from the Caribbean. And, you know, I, I found uh, I thought it was done really well. I mean, Lucy, how, what did you think about, you know, their first foray into the world of Titus and his artefacts? I think it was really, really well done. And it's really interesting how not only was he the head of this like basically sort of KKK-esque clan but as a colonizer that's you're the ultimate white supremacist because you're going where you want you're taking what you want from other cultures because you Mm. think they're beneath you so Mm. you know yeah he's saying about how he traded and like won the the affections or whatever of the savage tribes and and these things were given as gifts no they weren't they were taken by force they were stolen and most museums let's have it right are full of stolen artifacts and here in england we're the worst for it we're literally the worst for it absolutely go to a country take what you want that's colonizing and he's he's like said to be an explorer and he's not an explorer because he yeah he's a colonizer and he's using his race and his dominance to to take what he wants which is is basically the the whole ethos of a white supremacist so i think that was done really well like you, you weren't hit over the head with it um which sometimes you are in this show i no. think it can be heavy-handed so they didn't say like there wasn't any mention of that really it was just shown to you and you can draw your own conclusions and you know, there is definitely a juxtaposition towards the end when we see the native um, tribe and Yahima, the character, of the subjugation of the Native Americans and like in the past and obviously still now, but when they were like wiped out and the treatment of black people it, and the time of the show and now. 
So they they do that really well, and I think it's beginning to open up a bit more that it's not just one-off isolated incidents of you know aggression and violence, but just a whole society built on this white supremacy, basically. Very eloquently put, Lucy. Thank you. A complete change of tack here. Can I just ask you guys a question? So when Tree talks about his giant tree. Line, Sorry, every time we say his name, I'm just like, tree. tree. What stupid yeah, big name. big tree. I had to check that was his name. Um, Letty turns around and basically says, well, I'd know that, wouldn't I, seeing as we fucked in high school. Now, hold on a minute. There's some incon- incongruity. Yes, there is incongruity. Because is she just, is she saying yeah, that? Yeah, no, she just winded him up. Is she just winding him Because last week up? he said, yeah, because last week he said to Tick at the party to get Tick jealous about Letty uh, that he had Well, he said... Her. At, we used to tussle, but she, we, yeah, but we know that she, she, exactly. she was a virgin so until not until tussle last, could just mean episode. like so. So basically, Letty, so Letty was just <laughs> like saying you, you're a filthy liar tree essentially, and don't don't you know drag my name through the mud. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I just wanted to double check it wasn't me being an idiot. I was like, no, she a I did think that. I'm so confused. Yeah, no, no, she's heard the rumors that he's been spreading. Um. Let's get back uh, to Chicago, uh, or I think we're in Chicago. So Christina gets home after being with the police captain, um, and then we get quite an amusing little scene where William comes out and says she doesn't like being followed and then beats the shit out of the mm. cops that are sitting out there. Quite satisfying. Um, I, yeah, it was, wasn't it? Really was. Um, Lucy, I mean, we, we kind of know where this storyline is going because of what's, what it's based on. What what do you think William With regards to Ruby? Or just generally in his, just in in general, his life. Like, what, what's his game? I don't know. I think it's probably something to do with Tick and his blood. If that's what... But then Letty... Uh, not Letty. Christina kind of wants to destroy Letty, doesn't she? So maybe William is acting on her behalf and trying to get at Letty through Ruby. I mean, I, I don't really know. I think he's going to try and like possess Ruby. But to what end? I'm not sure. I have to say, I'm not like clear on this. Okay, well, keep mulling it over, and we'll see what happens. I'll mull and that's further. What I'm say on the subject. <laughs> Len and I have to keep still. <laughs> okay. Um, so it's night time now, up in Boston, up over, over in Boston. Uh, Letty, Montrose, and Tick break into the or let into the museum. They find their way down into the vault, uh, which is underneath the big statue of Titus Braithwaite. Obviously, smug fuck. Um, and they open it up using moonlight and reflections that Montrose seems to spot is going to happen. Clearly, he knows more than he's letting on. And then when they get down there, there's an inscription in the ceiling that says, Beware all ye who tread the path, ever the tide shall rise. Okay, anyone else thinking uh, about three pathways? the Goonies at this point? And when we get onto the boat. Yeah, yes! Yeah. It's in, Cthul- it's, in Cthul- it's, in- it's in Cthulhu Corner, so don't worry. Oh, brilliant. I was going to mention the Goonies. Of course the Goonies uh, no, is in fine. Cthulhu Corner. Just, yeah, yeah. Um, I found that the, the tomb and the sort of j- journey to the centre of the earth, as Tick says, he says, this is a journey to the centre of the earth, shit here. I was like, that Yeah, we need that kid up. from the library. Um, yeah. Yeah, I need that kid from the library. That cracked me up. Um, I found the whole, I, fa- I find, uh, and t- t- correct me if I'm wrong, but the more... F- like these sorts of films, like Indiana Jones, National and, Treasure, and, it reminds me of. I don't know why I've seen tre- that. National Treasure, it, yeah, no, no, it's all right, it's all right. National Treasure, don't be mean to it. Um, I kind of like it when the audience is allowed to solve the puzzle yes. with yeah. the people, and I kind of feel 
that this show is just not letting us do that and it's really frustrating me because i love that about these sorts of these sorts of adventure movies when you're like when they when they read out a riddle you know, and even like, like oh, Gandalf, yeah, you know, Just like on the Melon, thing. speak Elvish yes. for friend. And, it reminds me of Lord of the <laughs> Rings know, as well. You know, I, I, like the bridge at Khazad-dum. Yes. Yeah. So I kind of, I, yeah, I kind of want to be allowed to solve it myself quickly. Yeah. But instead they were just like, they were like, oh, he, this is just a minor criticism, but you know, Montrose was like, oh yeah, Moonlight. I was like, how have you figured that, that one out? That baffled me. And then I, and then he was also like, nah, 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 this is about um, which way he went. And we did, We never really got to see the map properly. Well, this so is the thing where it goes dark. like, there are three pathways to choose from. And eventually they decide to choose north because uh, Letty says, Titus's yeah. last expedition was to the Caribbean in 1810. And then three years later, he founded the Sons of Adam. And then like, and actually what yeah. I've written here is, it's all a bit too, all a bit too convenient, like isn't it? Deus and ex you, machina, yeah. isn't it? A bit? Yeah. And it's a bit, it's, it's that kind of, we talked about the rushing, didn't we? About how quickly yeah. things are moving, which is fine. But what you mm. do lose is that kind of being part of the story. You know, there's a really, really clear bit actually that, got me annoyed which was when they get over the edge of the bridge and they like clearly we're solving it from that little shit poem um yeah but we don't even know let what's on the door it. and i like i yeah. was really frustrated i mean that um, yeah that was very yeah, rough. Let's, let's, you mean. solving puzzles is fun like solving this stuff is is fun it's enjoyable it makes you feel like you have picked up on this information and then you are yeah, using you're on it the with adventure the characters too. instead it was like like I love the fact that they showed us the, the the sort of poem that we met the terrible poem at the start, and then if they'd just shown us the door, even just for like three seconds, just let us see the door from a front on perspective, we can solve the puzzle. Like, but it's a minor criticism because it's all very fun in there, and it's all very. Like, it's nice it's all to very, see you know very black Indiana characters Jones. in these situations, and obviously at the beginning of the show, yes. yeah, hundred um, percent. Tick does say, doesn't he? Like the book he's reading, he's like. Kid, black kids from the south side of Chicago don't have these adventures so it's nice to see him have the adventures but I exactly. agree that you know let the audience come on board yeah. with it a bit let us solve the riddle yeah it's every week or every, every episode we're getting um, black characters put into the positions that usually white characters would um, be if it's the haunted house scenario we've talked about this last week and how it's a nice subversion that um you know, letting Atticus were in that situation and they yeah. were calling on their ancestors to banish yeah. the ghost. That's a complete sort of subversion of that narrative. This is the same. We've got black characters in a sort of Indiana Jones national treasure, the Goonies yeah. type setting, and they are solving the the puzzles. They are the, the tomb raiders, if yeah. you will. You know what I mean? It's very... It's 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 great, and hopefully we get more of these sort of subversions of genre throughout. Absolutely. The so we take a very quick break. Ruby's singing angrily in a bar. She's approached by William. He buys her some drinks. He's being pretty presumptuous. Offers to change her life. We've talked quite a bit about them, so I think we could probably leave that for the moment. But we've got a big set of scenes coming up here with a lot to talk about. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to rattle through some of the events. Bear with me, and when I eventually take a breath, we're going to talk about it. So we get back to Boston. Our team are off on their tunnel adventure. And this includes a plank over a bottomless looking canyon, a trick, a dissolving plank, a locked door with buttons to press and solve, water, the floating body of Letty's neighbour, apparently, a very familiar lift, a father and son heart to heart about women, a ripped off arm in the lock to what we assume is the vault, and Tick's blood opening up the door, obviously. Guys, opinions, go. 
it's fine. It's all pretty good. It's all pretty fun. It's varied in terms of an adventure. Fine, fun, um, you know. <laughs> I, I, and I, I, I'll talk about it later in Cthulhu Corner about the differences in the book and how I think the book potentially did it better. Um, but maybe that's my imagination. But yeah, it's very good. Like, it's just complete change of pace from last week. It's just, if you had said, like, this is the thing, if John was here, he'd be like, what is going on in this show? Because cause for his, we talked about it, it's whiplash. It's yeah. like one week you're on a horror. So episode two, you're wizards. <sighs> episode three, you're haunted house. Episode four, you're an adventurer, you know, yeah. delving into the tombs of a Boston museum. And, you know, you've probably got Ben Stiller behind <laughs> you and a talking uh, Robin Williams. You know, what's going on? Um, so, yeah. So basically it's, it's, it's very whiplashy and you just have to be along for the ride as it were it always feels um, like a slightly classier scooby-doo or famous fight it is quite it? scooby-doo like, yeah thing 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 yeah that door does open the entrance to the vault um which yep. is something else completely right so it looks like the inside of titus's ship um and yeah it's cool that, it's that really cool. cool and it's filled with like hammocks and food and drink and mummified skeletons each of them look to be indigenous people from the areas that he traveled to including really horribly a mother and a baby um so they're coming through this and it's really grim they spot the scroll of what they assume to be the pages from the book of names um and we then meet a very interesting new character called yahima uh she who comes to life uh when they try to take the pages and what yahima says is that uh yahima is woman man two spirit um and i'm not quite sure of the correct pronoun to use for yahima so i'm going to use them yes that's probably Um, best yeah they speak uh in what we assume to be the language of adam which tick understands and uh yahima is understandably fucking furious with titus because we get the story that he tore them away from their homeland uh, trap them here on the ghost ship to rot and die and and I, yeah. I, I i have to say you know we talked about the ending and how jarring that is because this is fascinating and a very important you know extension of what we talked about before it's disturbing it's distressing it's pretty dark and i i there's a part of me that felt like i should have expected this from the you know colonial whitewash of titus um, but I really wasn't and it re- hit me really hard and I found and even the second time it hit me harder I think watching um, Yahima come back to life and tell that story through Tick um, I mean Lucy how did this kind of reveal and set of scenes hit you? I think I actually found it a bit confusing as to who they were why they came back to life and it was quite exposition heavy the explanation as to um why they were on the the ship or the tomb um yeah i found it a bit it's that thing of i'll i'll tell you rather than show you and yeah the 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 take Mm, they're taking it's it's a rush taking them from their Mm. home so he can translate stuff the book of adam or whatever it was um, I'm still unclear as to why they were all there, to be honest. And I don't. Why do? You, why did they come back to life? Is that a spell just to defend the scroll? Because I think, yeah, it's kind of like it struck me a bit like you know the moment anyone goes near the pages, they're enchanted to come of, back alive. Yeah. yeah. Um, it just felt for me like 
and I'll talk about this just briefly, I guess, but like, it's just not in the book, right? And I get what they're going for. And, and, and I think they did a more eloquent job of the situation talking about Titus and how he was a colonizer and a massive white supremacist just by going through the wing in the museum. And Lucy talked about that very subtle, eloquently. So yeah. I don't, yeah, so I don't need to really ad lib on that. But what I will say is like, this just for me, to, to bring this interesting character to life um uh and then take away is is t- i think is terrible to be honest with you. i i i'm at a loss to think about how in the writer's room they came up with that decision to add something in like this that has so and much then depth take it, it away was, it was so interesting really as a concept of a character it was yeah, like i've never seen that before on yes on tv in, in that form I've never seen it. Never, never, never. And I feel like I just don't understand because I would understand it if it was in the book, right? I would understand it completely. Like they're sticking to the source material. That's fine. But there's nothing to do with this in the book. Well, it's almost like... I mean, there's not even a link to it. There's not even a a line that links to it. It is a completely show-made situation to hammer home, I guess, the fact that Titus Braithwaite was a coloniser. He was in the shipping trade. He was a horrible, horrible man. He was in slave trade um, also. Yeah, they're exactly, all slave trading exactly, countries. Yeah, that's, exa- it, exactly. It that's almost what, yeah, felt a I bit meant, like but, a show version replica of what had happened to Yahima in the first place. She's dragged into this thing. She's dragged onto this yes. ship. She's like suspended animation. Then they're taken out of where yeah. they've been for however long and dragged off into someone else's world without really giving their permission for it and then murdered. And it is, it's basically the same thing happening to Yahima all over again. Um, yeah, uh, it, it was, yeah. it's just, it's just, a sh- it's a shame. It's a, sh- it's a shame because I think this show with its messaging, I think this show with its, with its social commentary, I think it's doing a fantastic job at educating the audience. And I've talked about this earlier um, about certain events and about trying to understand and put yourself mm-hmm. in these characters' shoes as best you can. And I think the novel does a great job of that as well, making you try and interpret these events from the character's perspective. And then to, to have all of that great work that the show is doing, and then I think to undercut it with this very bad editorial decision, I think, is is a shame. Um, and look, there might be a very good explanation for it um, next week. So I don't want to pass too much judgment on it until I've seen the fallout from this action. Um, and then once I've seen that fallout from the action, I'll make a more uh, judged uh, opinion on it. Because I think until we see the ramifications for the characters, for Montrose, understand where he's coming from, then it's difficult to... Um, at the moment it's difficult to excuse his actions but maybe there is an excuse for some of his actions I don't think it'll ever be fully excusable but I, I, I do think maybe next week we'll know more I hope you know, it, about why. we get more explanation yeah. for it but yeah I guess we just have to wait and see don't we um, yeah I mean it's a shame I, I want to see I wanted to see more of Yahima personally yeah. let, you know yeah. listeners let us know what you think I, will, I wanted to see more of Yahima um, so that's luckily it. they all escape uh, in the elevator we do have a slight mishap and some of the pages float off, but Letty goes and rescues them. Yeah, weird. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. There is a very dramatic snog between Letty and I Tick. thought there was going to be a shark. Yeah, I thought there was going to be, was gonna be a shark or a Lovecraftian water monster. Yeah, I, I wanted I wanted like a Lovecraftian like monster a squid. in the water. Now, you know. Ugh. Yeah. No. 
Yeah, yeah a that's what I was expecting. Um, a Cthulhu. Yeah, it sort of felt like there was going to be some kind of underwater monster that was going to stop them. But no, they get out, and apart from a very piercing scream from Yahima, they make it out of the top of the lift all in one piece. Um, we very quickly switch to Hippolyta and Diana. They drive back from Boston, and they're like, well, how do they get back to Chicago without us? Never mind, carry on. Um, Diana's sitting in the passenger seat, and she's drawing on George's map from the glove box. Um, Hippolyta looks over, and she's like, where'd you get that? And then looks at it, and she sees a red circle at the end of a basically a, a traced journey uh, around Devon County and the route that basically they all took. So seeing this, she turns the car around and drives off saying, we're going to get answers. I really liked this. Um, But, I mean, Lucy, what do you... Because she doesn't really know what's happened to George, just knows he died in Devon County. Do you think that's where she's heading? Do you think that's what's going on? I mean, first things first, wouldn't you be so pissed if you drove everyone there and they're like, oh yeah, we're home. How the fuck did you get yeah, home? 100%. What? It's what's not happened? like we've all got cell phones. You'd be Literally like, be fuming. just headed back now. Um, see this scene actually filled me with quite a lot of dread looking at that map and thinking about sundown towns and just two women on their own two black women um i was filled with quite a lot of dread and the thought of her going she's not got over obviously not just not got over george's death but she knows that there's more to it that no one's telling her so i don't blame her for wanting to go and investigate but i'm a bit terrified for them because there's no good's gonna come of you heading back to that town that area just that portent of fear wasn't it yeah i found it very you know what is there pit of my stomach like oh god please don't didn't know what was going to happen when the realization struck of what they were looking at and yeah it is night time and just but yeah i also thought i'd be very annoyed if everyone just left without telling me and they're already home I'm I'm intrigued to see where this goes with hippolyta and diana because it may lead to the thing that len and i looking forward to which would be very interesting. Yay. Or it may lead Yay. to disaster in sundown towns and Devon County. Who knows? Our final scene, which we've probably talked about enough, um, but I'm going to just quickly take us through it. Uh, Tick seems really positive now they're all back in the Winthrop house about maybe teaching Yahima English, working on translating the pages with Yahima. Um, and Montrose gives this kind of quite a positive speech about how his mama would be proud of him and he's a good, Tick's a good man. Um, and then he goes and slits Yahima's throat and we get no explanation and that is how the episode ends. And it was brutal. But I was also baffled. Again, you know, like we I said. I literally... Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 we've talked about it a bit. I've got two more comments from it. My literal reaction watching it was like, and, and I said it like John would say. It. I was like, "Why?" <laughs> like that. I literally said it out loud when I watched. Why? When I watched it, I went, went and and I thought, "God, John would have been saying exactly the same thing." Oh, John would be fuming. Um, and um, and then it's interesting as well. It's like it's like Montrose is sort of. We've talked about how he was abused when he was younger. We've talked about how um, he was oppressed. And it's like, now he is the oppressor in this situation, mm-hmm. if you get what I mean. He, I don't want, you know, colonised. He's acting like a coloniser, just killing but this other. The, the other, as it were, something that he, he doesn't so understand. Um, not He's not brutalising, but he's like, I yeah. can use this, yeah. this person for my own gain and I can get them to translate, which is exactly what Titus exactly. did. So he's exactly. doing the same. Never asked them. So it's, no, it's just, I'll, I'll take yeah. you, I'll punch no, you, so and then you can translate some bits for me. 
Like, isn't that what Titus did? Yeah, we didn't mention that. That was rough. I mean, she was screaming, but yeah. So that's that. Yeah. So that's an interesting way of looking at it, I guess. Um, maybe there's, um, maybe that's what they're going for in terms of the narrative. It's it's controversial. Like this is controversial. Mm. You know, what we said is just controversial. And I'm pretty certain that the scene is controversial. It's all controversial. <laughs> so it's going to cause a lot of debate. Um, let us know your thoughts. You can email us. Yeah, gmail.com. I'd be really Bank interested to hear some answers to the question, why? Yes. But Just why? why? Um, <laughs> look, I, I think we've given that that plot a pretty deep dive today um, and I've really enjoyed talking about it. But what I'm really excited about uh, is handing over to Len for Cthulhu Corner yeah. and listener Hello, everybody. Welcome to Cthulhu Corner. All hail Cthulhu. Cthulhu. Um, now, this week, interesting stuff because it kind of deviates from the sort of horror vibe quite a lot. Um, so instead, in Cthulhu Corner, we've gone for, and we've already mentioned a lot of them, a list of a list of the the films that this is referencing. Yes. Yeah, because <laughs> this is this is more of a this is more of a. Um, a romp, as it were, in terms of an adventure story. It's like than geeky it pop story. culture references. Yeah, like love. Yeah, it. it's not. It's, it's not often that like Lovecraft or any of these other pulp science fiction writers did something like this. So, um, so we've talked about Indiana Jones, specifically Raiders of the Lost Ark. Obviously, um, I mentioned it already, but National Treasure one and two. And look, I think National Treasure is a good film, so <laughs> don't knock it. I think it's one of Nicolas Cage's yeah, best films. I, love, I actually really enjoy enjoy national treasure that's all like the mu- no you guys mentioned night at the museum which i thought was silly but then when i actually think about it it's yeah. literally a night at the museum it's a hundred percent it's the night of the museum yeah. like which is a great film <laughs> yeah good this film. is all that is um i mean how many night of the museums 17. are there like six or yeah, something they're it's all as good as now, each other I've only just seen the first one. It's like the kids' version of Fast and the Furious. <laughs> but better. Yeah. Uh, Journey to the Centre of the Earth, which Tick literally references, and The Goonies, which was, you know, Lucy took it I'm away. I'm sorry. From the, you know, I thought it'd be fun to mention The Goonies. Um, so, like, The Goonies, you know, this was very Goonies. Yeah, it was. I love The Goonies. very Goonies. Yes. Brilliant. I love the Goonies. Who doesn't love the Goonies? Here you go. If you don't love the Goonies, let us know because that is mental. Yeah, if you haven't then, seen uh, the Goonies, again, how the I'll fuck have you not seen that? Oh, if you That's haven't seen worse. the Goonies, go watch the Goonies. Oh my god, yeah, yeah, that is the worst one. If you've not seen um, the Goonies, terrible. Lovecraft-wise, we're, we're sort of there's not much here to to draw on. Um, I was the only thing that came to my mind was like the Nameless City. That feels like quite a hidden away sort of otherworldly dimension town thing that we're getting here this weird catacombs that Braithwaite has built and there's a couple um, of stories that have that underground you know like big chasm of darkness um different paths to take and things like that it's quite a Lovecraftian trope yeah and the thing is as well this will segue us into book differences but when they go on this sort of adventure in in the in the um in the museum and they find this doorway which Tick can open with his blood which is obviously very similar here um, the 
it is other dimensional right straight away these guys are like this is another we're in another dimension we're in a space within a space and it's very lovecrafty in that way it doesn't adhere um, to the normal rules of life no it doesn't adhere to normal rules of like gravity and other stuff like that and like that they acknowledge that this is like another dimension which i don't really think you get in the show i think they're kind of just like oh it's this hidden underground tomb that sort of goes along for a while um uh also to say there's a bit more of an entourage that go on this journey letty isn't there it's more sort of the the, the freemasons it's <laughs> tree there george is there uh montrose is there atticus is there abdullah is there who's another character from the Freemasons that they're a member of. Um, and it's a bit more puzzle solvy. Like there's Yeah, it's really good. There's basically the this there's this like this this like chest in the centre of this expansive other dimensional room. And it's floating. And there's a floating uh, yeah, it's floating. There's a floating corpse of someone who's obviously tried to get the chest and there's no platform to the chest. And they have to figure out a way of navigating gravity. And then there's this giant mechanical sort of saw saw monster that flies around the room it's like and a flying circular them. saw oh that doesn't yeah sound right. and and it's it's kind of yeah it's, it's uh, did you say it sounds great or it doesn't no, sound great I mean, Lucy? it's really scary yeah <laughs> yeah it's scary it's um so it's kind of cool uh i didn't really go down that i didn't really go down that route here um but i still like what they did in the show i think it's you know they've gone for a more of a sort of like, like we said, Indiana Jones adventure type story, which is fine. I, I think it works pretty well. Um, so in the in the book, it's actually Caleb Braithwaite who seduces Ruby. Um, and we know that they've changed that character to Christina. And now it's William who's tasked with seducing Ruby. And essentially, William is kind of Caleb Braithwaite in a way. I'm quite glad um, that they didn't swap the storyline to Christina. Not because that would have been... Yeah, but but I feel like that would have been. Oh, that would have been interesting. I think it feel like it would have been, would have been too in your face because Christina's already very yeah. much. I am a woman. I'm. I'm. I don't have rights. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I think okay. it would have yeah, been too heavy handed. So I like the fact they swapped it for William. Yeah, and we've mentioned this already. There's no indigenous tribe in the book, by the way. Um, that 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 whole thing, like I said, it's a chest in the middle of the room. Just to clarify, they get they get it and then they escape and they get caught by Christina. Okay, that's what happens. Um, uh, and Hippolyta uh, goes to a different location that I won't mention here, uh, as it still might happen, but she never ten- intends to go to Arden. Um, in fact, you don't really go back to Arden, do you, Em? No, not really. Exactly. Not exactly. at all, actually. I don't not think. At all. No. Not at all. Not really. Not at all. Um, <laughs> so that's, that's the book differences. Um, obviously, not spoiling anything that happens in the future because we don't like doing that here but it's time to move on to some listener feedback and yes you can email us at fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com the email is in the show notes so just uh, click on that email us let us know your thoughts on the episode um okay let's let's kick off with uh, some feedback this one's from andrew mayer uh and he says this Hello, I'm a brand new listener who just started listening with Lovecraft Country. I tried a few Lovecraft Country podcasts before deciding that you guys were the best out there. Thanks for that, Thanks, Andrew. Andrew. Welcome. That. Welcome, to that the, is good. welcome to the group. Cheers. Welcome, welcome to the Blueberry Crew. Uh, thanks for the content. Honestly, I've been enjoying the podcast even more than the show. Great. I do want to take a second to stick up for John, though. 
No. I was sad when I heard no one should ever stick up for John. No, I'm joking. Uh, I was sad when I heard he was not going to be continuing uh, on Lovecraft Country. During the first Lovecraft Country episode, John said something funny. Um, uh, and that comment made me stop the podcast right where I was uh, and subscribe. Wow. I will definitely miss him. Perhaps he should reconsider. Uh, John is a very funny man. He's a very grumpy funny man. He's a very man. funny man. This is me. This is me talking, not Andrew. Um, <laughs> and he he might he might come back. He's not coming you never back. Know. But at the moment, he's very Sorry, much Andrew. of the opinion that You're he's not us. coming back. But I respect I respect his opinion that if he's not enjoying if he's not enjoying the show, yeah, totally. it's, it, it's obviously difficult for him to to watch the show, make notes on the show, come here and try and he doesn't want to like put no, down it becomes what we're a saying chore all the time really because not he feels it. that like. It, yeah and he doesn't want to make it a chore because he loves the podcast he loves podcasting he doesn't want to he doesn't want to make us feel bad about why we like it either yeah. if you get and what we I joke mean. about just, him just being the grumpy like one it. but actually he's not always grumpy but andrew if you like uh his wit like john then there's plenty of other podcasts you can listen to oh 100 percent. If, if if anyone's missing john at the moment as i said please do go subscribe to our main channel fan critical uh, where John is a mainstay in most of our podcasts. So uh, he's also said, Andrew goes on to say, and for what it's worth, I certainly don't mind hearing negative opinions. In fact, I'm the sort of person who likes to be very critical uh, of even the art that I like the most. And I'm sure there are plenty of other people in your audience who feel the same way. So I guess you can count this as one vote for negativity. Regards, Andrew. I love it. Minneapolis. Uh, yeah, th- that is the thing. We, I, I don't want to sound like we're the only critical podcast out there because we're not um but there are a lot of podcasts out there who just go this show is amazing about a lot of things mm. and, and 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 i listen to a lot of podcasts that refuse to really go on in at a show if they think it's done something incorrectly i think at least i i know that we always cover things to the best of our honest opinion and yes it doesn't always align with a hundred percent of our listeners it, you know we get conflicting blueberry scores all the time from listeners um and it's fascinating to hear that. So, um, you know, I like the fact that we're critical. The clue of is in our, the name. The shows it's that the we whole cover. point of the That's name, what? fan critical. It's the whole clue. Clues in the name. Yep. Clues in the name, everyone. Ah, oh, so nice feedback. Yeah, no, no spoilers. Yes, thanks, Andrew. Uh, Yorick's written in. Yorick Chapborn has written in and said Best this. Name. Five bloobs for me. Your podcast. I'd give the episode a solid four. So let's give the podcast five. That's good. Uh, I'm having a great time watching this show and listening to you all afterwards. And kudos to you, John, for bailing out. You're clearly not enjoying the show, and I think it was the right move. Don't get me wrong. I very much look forward to hearing you discuss the next show uh, that you're truly excited about. When you're having fun, you bring so much to this podcast. If you do start that splinter podcast you mentioned, I assume it'll be called something like Lovecraft Country Sucks and Here's Why. I'd definitely hit subscribe and give it. <laughs> listen even if i disagree with everything you're saying why because then you're in your element brother you're hilarious yeah you're probably (laughs) i wonder if john john we have to say this to john probably because he'll never listen to this um yeah it's good it's good there you go john don't feel so bad um he also goes and say finally can i nominate emma to host all of your podcasts from now on i mean yes here are three reasons why uh, from your last episode Speaking of black and white, greatest segue possible while discussing the show about yeah. racial tensions. Shut up, I'm moving on, which is uh, putting a lid on uh, jokes about women and the missing jaw. Nicely done. Cat's got her tongue was intended a pun too many. Yeah, so good. I'm the host. I can do what I like after being called out by Gaz for avoiding John for 20 minutes. <laughs> Damn right you are. 
excellent podcast can't wait to hear more r.i.p john thanks yes r.i.p john thanks Yorick. i'd love to host um, them all but you know it's a it's a democracy here and i don't get paid enough it's true it's a lentatorship <laughs> and, uh, it's not a lentatorship it is a bit. <laughs> this is not a lentatorship. Five blues. To be fair, five I, blues. I, I haven't ho- I haven't hosted a podcast like other than a how the fuck and the ratings for speak for themselves. So, so pull your weight. Maybe we should keep Emma on. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tara's been in touch and she said this. Hello, everyone. I'm excited to be watching another show along with you guys. Just wanted to drop in and give a bit more of an American perspective on the show. Is it Tara or Red Apple? To keep this. Yep. Yes. Yes. Have a lovely uh, name. She says she'll do her best to keep this non-political. Uh, one Easter egg you guys missed was during the housewarming party, a young boy, Bobo, which we've who we've mentioned yes. in this uh, episode, playing Ouija, asked if he'd enjoy his trip with was Emmett Till. He is falsely accused of uh, of whistling at a white woman while visiting a family in Mississippi. He is then lynched. His murderers were found not guilty, but afterward confessed to the murder. His mother shared pictures of him open casket and the press uh, with the press, and was in large a reason the civil rights movement happened. So, just to stop that email there, Emma, you did obviously mention that this well episode. Um, so that's um, obviously a horrific story, um, and there was a further link to it in this episode. So, um, yeah, t- tough, tough stuff. Um, as meant this back to the email as mentioned by a previous listener american history books are largely controlled by conservative states but the reason it's that way at least at the start wasn't because of money issues it was intentional misinformation put out by a group called daughters of the confederacy they would pressure books to be removed or labeled unfair to the oh, south I've heard about this Another thing, yeah, that's very interesting. Another thing that was mentioned was Martin Luther King's affair with a white woman. Interracial marriage wasn't uh, federally legalized in America until 1967. The aptly named case, Loving versus Virginia King, was living in a southern state where his relationship would be criminal. And lastly, if you have ever watched the show Shameless, you can see how racist Jim Crow policies shaped America's cities such as Chicago. Things like redlining still have an impact to this day. The Gallaghers are from the South Side, which was purposely made slash kept a ghetto for racist reasons. I hope this information is helpful to someone if you haven't read these things before. I highly recommend you do. Thank you again, the Fan Critical crew, for all the entertainment. Thank you, you Tara. Give. That was that's really, so that's really interesting. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Tara. Although, yeah, it is interesting. being British, when yeah. you said if you've ever seen Shameless, I was thinking, oh, fuck, is that relevant to this? And then I realised yes, they've got an American version. version. Of, yes, the version, English version of Shameless. Yeah, totally if you haven't seen that, game. guys, watch that. And yeah, then it's it will a good have show, no relevance so. to what we're talking about. Um, but it's a great show, but yeah. It's a, good sh- it's a great show. Um, no, the stuff about books, I think, is fascinating to me. Um, about, like, that is something that obviously, as British people, we just don't understand, like, we don't know much about about your school system and to to hear this from several different people now about how the books and neglecting certain information or there's pressures from certain different um states to withdraw or manipulate some of the history is is fascinating to me and that Um, that did happen here and does happen here to an extent yes it does um more so in you know in terms of the curriculum what is focused on and what's not um but i didn't realize you can never assume that it's the same somewhere else. So it's it's interesting to hear that mm. confirmed um, and the detail behind it, you know, the particular organisations and groups of people who pushed for certain things to happen that way. 
Um, really interesting and great feedback to get. Great feedback. Um, and that's it for feedback this week because we're running running very long. Please do let us know your thoughts. Uh, I'll try and get it in next week's episode if I can. You can email us at fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com. That is at fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, just email us there. The note is also the links also in the in the show notes. And then um, yeah, like we said, we have a little discussion. Get your feedback read out on air and have us discuss them. Good stuff. Absolutely. Um, thank you, Len. That was an awesome Cthulhu corner and awesome feedback from everyone who wrote mm. in. Uh, and if we didn't get around to reading your feedback, we'll make sure to get it in next week. But thank you guys uh, for taking the time to talk through this episode. I think it's been a really good opportunity to talk about lots of different things and learn things too. Uh, so please do subscribe to the channel, leave us a review, you'd send us your feedback, follow us on social media. But for now, it's time to say thank you and goodbye from Lovecraft Country Critical. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.